Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Brought to you by Sherwick Media, your health and wellness content specialist. Health Connect South is to serve the health community as a sustainable platform for regional health collaborations. Through our collective work, we seek to broadly define and advance the Southeast role in the future of health. Serving as a gateway between health industry silos, we seek to provide unique and meaningful partnership opportunities in health. We are pleased to share this information and these experts with you as part of our mission. Want to be part of the discussion? Join in, tweet questions and comments at HealthCon Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW. And on this week's episode of Health Connect South Radio, I sat down with Steve Frame. He's the director for the Center of Health Transformation at Wellstar. And for a community-based health system, it's rather unique for them to invest in having such a center for innovation within the system. And we talked about how the Center for Health Transformation engages with physicians and providers around the Wellstar Health System, looking for ways that they might be able to improve patient outcomes, patient experience, uh, work environment, etc. And coming up, Steve talks about why they have this Center for Health Transformation, why they think it's valuable. And we got into talking about how the Center for Health Transformation is is engaging the capstone project at Georgia Tech to try and see if they can't come up with some innovative ideas to address issues that have been brought forth by the providers. Check it out. It is rare to have an innovation center inside a community health yeah. system. I mean, in a large academic medical center, it's more common. The fact that we are a community-based health system is part of our unique character, I think, in that Wellstar's made the decision to make the investment in that sort of innovation. What we generally try to do is we have regular meetings with our physicians, our, our physician groups, our physician leaders. We have service lines at Wellstar, which are all of our main services have a have an administrative chief and have a medical clinical chief and we meet with them regularly. Several of them are on our actual board of advisors that help bring us ideas. We also go out and have discussions with new leader orientation. Every time there's a new leader that comes on board, we outlay what the Center for Health Transformation is, what we're trying to do, and we encourage them to join us and send their ideas forward. A lot of the people that are new leaders in a healthcare system also bring in great ideas from wherever they came from. So we're getting uh, new thought lines uh, in that regard as well. We do have a responsibility to figure out how much that innovation will help and how much it would, would benefit the system. And generally, we expect a three-to-one ratio. Uh, you know, for every dollar invested, we're going to have three dollars in savings, and, and they have to be real savings. So mm-hmm. there is that expectation. We're not a, uh, a cost center that's going to go on forever and ever and ever uh, without producing anything. <laughs> we engaged the uh, Capstone team. We met them through uh, our relationship with Georgia Tech Research Institute. One of the uh, people we work with there had said, why don't you try out this senior design team, which is made up of graduating seniors or upcoming seniors who are about to graduate in the different schools. School of Mechanical Engineering, there's teams from the School of Electrical Engineering, Electrical and Computer Engineering, ECE, I believe they call it. And why don't you uh, meet up with these teams? So we met the director, the, or the two two lead people there, Amit Jawala and Mr. Rains, Dr. Rains, who run this program. And they, they said, yes, I like that idea. That would be perfect for our senior engineering and design students to work on. One of the things that we found with this is that these kids are brilliant, first of all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. absolutely brilliant. And they often are not bound and restricted by 20 years of experience in healthcare like we are. So their ideas are absolutely fresh and incredible. They, they have many, many different ways to solve a problem. Stick around. we got the full interview with Steve Frame, Director for Health Innovation at Wellstar, coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South radio show. Thanks for joining us this morning. Health Connect South, episode 30 already. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's, uh, that many. 
And that is Jay Schaefer, Chief Operating Officer for Health Connect South, one of our partners here with the show. Good morning, CW. And uh, we're also joined in the studio by Director of the Wellstar Center for Health Transformation. Steve Frame is with us in the studio as well. Good morning, CW. Great to be here. And I'm real pleased to have you here. And... uh, you know, here we are halfway through, a little over August, which means we're just uh, under a month away from the upcoming Health Connect South event. 29 days, but who's counting? That's right. And, and that is going to be held September 16th at the Georgia Aquarium, from what I understand, taking over the whole place. We've got the run of the aquarium for the day, and we've got dozens of speakers lined up. I know we've only got an hour, so let me tell you about the top four. We've got uh, Louis Sullivan, former Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Tom Frieden, Director of the CDC. We're so excited that he's going to be able to join us. We've got Ambassador Marianne Peters, who's the CEO, the new CEO of the Carter Center, and Gary Reedy, the new CEO of American Cancer Society. So there'll be four of the featured speakers during the day. Yeah, I know there's a host of others that are high level, like you know, Dr. Fitzgerald, for example, from uh, the Department of Public Health and a number of other folks that people will be quite familiar with coming to share some expertise. Right. And the other thing that we're excited about, too, is we're going to have a couple of panels on Ebola, not the disease Ebola, but just what people had to do to react to the situation. And as Charlie Stokes, the CDC Foundation CEO was fond of saying, a disaster is no time to be exchanging business cards. So, <laughs> so part of the Health Connect South is get people to come together, meet, so you'll know. So when you do have to activate your network, you'll have a familiar face to be talking with. I'm sure it'll be quite interesting to find out the, the different measures that the city and the different levels of government and healthcare organizations have been going through to try to prepare for an instance where maybe an outbreak of some sort, whether it's Ebola or some other, I'm sure that helped raise a level of awareness and preparedness for, you know, you name the, the type of outbreak that might right. affect Right. It's us. Ebola today, maybe something else. Right. And they're still tracking people. That was one of the surprises that came out of uh, setting up the panel. And as we've talked about in the past, the whole purpose of Health Connect South is to try to break down the, the silos that we often end up finding ourselves operating within in the healthcare sector. Uh, get into our research project or get into our uh, health initiative, whatever that may be, and l- not not aware that right around the corner is uh, an organization that has some sort of capability that would make our projects, our mutual projects, go that much faster and that much farther and wider if they were collaborating. And, and I was really pleased to see, as we were talking about before we went on the air today, just the fact that going through um, our work here with the show, we've had numerous occasions where the people that have come to talk about what they were doing ended up leaving the studio saying, hey, we need to get together. So I'm really pleased that we're actually seeing that in motion. Well, uh, Diana Keogh, the CEO of Sherwood, was so generous to sponsor uh, Health Connect South Radio. And at first I said, oh, that's nice. But we found that this is a microcosm of what Health Connect South is trying to do. Each week we get people to come. They said last week's show with the folks from Monitor Med and Jim Sullivan from Heal Pros, they were able to make connections and also pass some references along that can help them. Yeah, and that might have might not have happened, or at least it might have not have happened for who knows how long uh, had we not put them together. So we're really pleased to be here. And um, Steve, let's let's get to you. Um, from what I understand, as we were talking the other day, you come from a background in nursing like I do. You want to share a little bit about your background, and then we'll talk more about the, the, the Center for Healthcare Transformation. Sure. Uh, 
if we want to go into deep background, my, sure. my original background was in accounting. Uh, <laughs> I graduated in uh, 1987 from Hofstra University in New York and uh, did about seven years in the accounting industry before realizing that uh, that was not my complete calling. Uh, made a transformation into uh, into healthcare back in about 92, 93 and graduated from nursing school in 97 or 96. Sorry. Uh, worked for about 20 years in different uh, areas of nursing, 19 years in different areas of nursing, uh, including Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and uh, uh, Wellstar, both uh, both places in emergency medicine. So uh, emergency services is my strength and forte. I did a little work in emergency services myself, though I prefer the chaos of the ICU versus the chaos of the ER. Yeah, <laughs> more controlled chaos, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it's chaotic, but different. Um, so when we talk about the Center for Health Transformation, I know it's a, a division of, of the Wellstar Health System, but talk a little bit about what we're, what we're talking about when we, when we discuss the Center for Health Transformation. What exactly is it? What is it trying to achieve? Well, uh, CHT was originally conceptualized to be a, uh, a high-level think tank uh, in which various uh, healthcare systems could, could collaborate with each other. They could uh, um, uh, look at what each other is doing as far as policy, what each other is doing as far as patient care improvement, and then share that information uh, on a basis that is uh, a lot more intimate and a lot more detailed than is shared publicly in general. So originally it was trying to get about 20 uh, health systems together to, to all commit to that level of openness and that level of collaboration that really, that really would, uh, would, would give an exponential strength to, to, uh, sharing. Um, <clears throat> realizing, uh, very shortly though that, uh, that health systems are generally not really anxious to share their <laughs> my, my full, precious secrets <laughs> exactly their 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 very deep operational details of how they yeah. how they uh, how they succeed in certain areas. Um, we had to kind of redefine our mission a little bit, uh, which is understandable. A lot of health systems, uh, uh, the uh, trust level and the uh, the agreement to be open like that, it, it's always a. Uh, uh, a risk of them losing their competitive advantage that they have in their local market, and all healthcare is local. Well, that's that's the old saying that all healthcare is local. But um, so we had to kind of re envision ourselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, talk about that. How did it evolve from there? Because now, from what I understand, it's more focused on Wellstar uh, and its own processes, trying to identify different opportunities to maybe innovate in some sort of way. And it even involves feedback, from what I understand, from clinicians like physicians and others within the system. So talk about where it went from that place where it started out as, hey, let's all try to get together for the greater good. And Mm -hmm. everybody had a hard time really doing that. So now that you're able to kind of shift your focus more internally and, yeah. and start changing things. Well, what we realized is that within Wellstar itself, we had about 20 or 30 industry leading practices that we were very proud of. So we started there. We started looking at different things that we had done internally uh, uh, and started uh, detailing and sharing the uh, the as close as we could the operational details of those in, uh, particular innovations. Um we then sort of evolved into saying, how, how much farther can we take it? What else can we do uh, to bring new innovation into healthcare? Because it's, it's not just about innovating and improving models. It's also about bringing new thinking and new ideas into the system. Uh, we found that our physicians, our clinicians, uh, our administrators have terrific ideas about how to improve healthcare, not just their department, but healthcare in general. And we said, we need to tap that knowledge and that experience. 
because any time somebody proposes an innovation to us, the, the people that are best able to operationalize it, best able to understand it, and best, best able to, to really make it successful are the people that are already in the system and, and working uh, towards that goal. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, I mean, I worked at a number of different hospitals, many of them in the case. In, in fact, most of them were large, like Baptist, uh, Baptist uh, Medical Center in Oklahoma City. And um, I don't really recall this sort of, you know, center for transformation, mm-hmm. if you will, being being a part of the organization. I mean, they, they may have them now, but um, talk about how, how do you interface with, mm-hmm. with the providers to, one, let them know that this is available and, and that this is here, that's something that you're trying to do, and then to be able to actually make it work for you so that they're pre- bringing you ideas for innovation. Right. It, it is rare to have an innovation center inside a community health yeah. system. I mean, in a large academic medical center, uh, it's more common. Um, the, uh, the fact that we are a community-based uh, health system uh, is, is, is a lot, uh, is part of our unique character, I think, in that uh, Wellstar has made the decision to make the investment in that sort of innovation. But what we, uh, what we generally uh, try to do is we have uh, a regular meetings with our physicians, our, our physician groups, our physician leaders. Uh, we have service lines at Wellstar, which uh, are all of our main services have a, have an administrative chief and have a medical clinical chief. And we meet with them regularly. Uh, several of them are on our actual board of advisors that that uh, help bring us uh, ideas. We also have uh, uh, go out and have uh, discussions with new leader orientation. Every time there's a new leader orientation that comes on board, we we outline outlay what the uh, what the Center for Health Transformation is, what we're trying to do, and we encourage them to join us uh, and, and send their ideas forward. Uh, a lot of the people that are new leaders in uh, a healthcare system also bring in great ideas from wherever they came from. So we're getting uh, new thought lines uh, in that regard as well. Um, we also have uh, obviously the other the other uh, social media contacts. We have LinkedIn. We have a website, uh, uh, centerforhealthtransformation.com. We um, we encourage uh, ideas and innovations to be sent forth through there. Uh, one of the things that we really uh, one of our primary objectives is to look through all the the innovative ideas and find out which ones really mesh and really go along with the strategic direction of our healthcare system. Um, one of our very uh, uh, difficult tasks is to say, well, this is a great idea that somebody has presented to us, but it's exactly opposite of the strategic direction that the healthcare system is going. Uh, and so um, we look for things that that fit along and and uh, uh, match that uh, that uh, march towards uh, towards our system goals. And I know that one of the things that you do here locally is you do some collaboration with Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that, how you've been able to take some of those ideas for different innovations mm-hmm. from your clinicians and be able to then get with emerging uh, technology experts coming out of uh, what is clearly a center of excellence for uh, biomechanics and biomedicine and and, uh, technology in general at Georgia Tech. So talk about the Capstone Project and how that is having a, a part in, in this interaction. Well, absolutely. The uh, the clinicians that have come to us and said, why don't we do this or why can't we have something uh, that, that does this? One of the weaknesses that, that we have noticed right away is that we don't have the computer expertise, the mechanical engineering expertise, the, the scientific background uh, within the, the health system. 
that's dedicated to building that device or building that uh, idea out into something that can be really useful, at least to the point of being able to test uh, a prototype of an idea. So one of the uh, one of the things that came out of our, our normal discussions was with the uh, with the service line uh, of orthopedics, and uh, we had uh, discovered that there was a a great variation in the uh, the quality and uh, time and uh, experience of, of how uh, cast techs and and uh, orthopedic PAs and things uh, apply casts. Uh, it's a uh, it's a very particularly artistic skill. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, some people who perhaps we have a cast tech at a, a, that doesn't do very many of them is going to put on one that's that's not quite as uh, thick and 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 smooth and and uh, uh, correctly positioned, and it has to be taken off in a few days, and another one has to be put on. So we we thought, what, why couldn't this be automated? I mean, we saw the convergence of. Uh, technology going with uh, 3D scanning uh, mm-hmm. and turning a 3D image or scan into a CAD CAM program. We saw the convergence of, of additive manufacturing like uh, 3D printing uh, rising very quickly uh, in, in the industry. Why couldn't we marry those two things to, to just see if we could solve this one little problem? <clears throat> um, and uh, so we uh, we engaged the uh, Capstone team. We met them through uh, our relationship with Georgia Tech Research Institute. One of the uh, people we work with there had said, why don't you try out this senior design team, which is made up of graduating seniors or upcoming seniors who are about to graduate in the different schools, School of Mechanical Engineering. There's teams from the School of Electrical Engineering, Electrical and P- Computer Engineering, ECE, I believe they call it. And why don't you uh, meet up with these teams? So we met the director the, or the two two lead people there, Amit Jawala and Mr. Rains, Dr. Rains, who run this program and they they said yes i like that idea that would be perfect for our senior engineering and design students to work on one of the things that we found with this is that these kids are brilliant first of all i mean <laughs> yeah. absolutely brilliant and they often are not bound and restricted by 20 years of experience in healthcare like we mm-hmm. are so their ideas are absolutely fresh and incredible. They, they have many, many different ways to solve a problem. And one of the things that we uh, found most uh, most entertaining was was trying to keep them on track towards what is realistic and right. what is not, because they, they do let their uh, their imaginations go wild sometimes. But that's that's a good thing, actually. That's yeah. a common problem of most startups. What can you build versus what should you build? You right. know, the technology is out there, but is it really a, a use for it, a market for it? Right, right. <clears throat> And the uh, the uh, part of the design team and and part of their faculty intervention is to come up with alternative solutions to to the one we actually try to build a prototype of and and uh, the uh, the idea of automating casting, meaning that you scan a scan an injured extremity and then you run that that uh, image into a, a computerized CAD CAM program and then you manufacture a perfectly fitted cast on top of that image. Uh, that was such a uh, uh, an interesting concept. Uh, we actually had two of the teams that were vying for it. Two teams wanted to do it. So uh, they took completely different approaches to solving the problem. We've been talking with the director for the Wellstar Center for Health Transformation, Steve Frame, and discussing their interaction with the clinicians at the hospital. A lot of the physicians will give input on areas that they see some opportunities for maybe some new approaches to 
a variety of things from getting around the hospitals mm-hmm. we'll talk here shortly to handling something like how a, a, a cast is applied to a fracture and you were talking about the fact that um, you're interfacing with the Georgia Tech capstone program and mm-hmm. working with the emerging seniors to develop some sort of alternative to mm-hmm. the current day approach and you mentioned the fact that there was a couple of different teams and and talking about that uh, they went about it in different directions you want to mm-hmm. try to describe a little bit for the listeners because I mean sure I know there's a video out there I got to see the the, the mm-hmm. video that right. talked about the interaction with the capstone so we'll have to tell them where that lives so that they can go and actually see some of the things that you're talking about here it may be hard to envision but uh, the right. video shows some of that it does uh, one, one team actually uh, that uh, had a unique approach they wanted to use uh, 3d imaging cameras uh, just your, your normal high-definition cameras to uh, to take several different pictures of an injured extremity uh, and Use those images to then load into a into a software, uh, SolidWorks software, and then and build the cast from just the the images. Uh, the other one wanted to use a, a, a 3D scanner from Sense uh, Cubify is the name of the company. I, I don't know if you're mm-hmm. they make uh, desktop uh, scanners and desktop right. uh, 3D printers, and they wanted to use that to get the image. And the whole key was how do we translate the image into a computer file, which we can then print. Uh, and then the second problem or uh, second in line problem was to how do we translate that printed thing into an actual cast uh, or right. splint that can be used. And uh, both teams solve those problems uh, a little bit differently, uh, but they both came up with unique solutions that were pretty far from the original thought that that us as physicians and clinicians had on how to solve the problem. And so when they came back with their individual prototype suggestions, where does it go from there? Well, uh, part of the the, uh, the graduating requirements is that they build a prototype along the specifications that we asked. So we had asked that they actually build something that would take the image, translate it into a computer file, and actually print it in 30 minutes uh, so that theoretically you could walk along uh, to a, your your physician's office with your injured extremity. You could put your extremity in this device, uh, get the image made, get the the the, the uh, caster splint printed, and then walk out with it as you're paying your bill, and you'd have a custom form fitted <laughs> cast. Of course, the technology quite isn't quite there, which is one of the things we learned from the from the experience. Um, but they, uh, but both teams actually built a working prototype of a device. One team built a, uh, the ones that use the, uh, 3D scanner actually built a, uh, uh, sort of like, it looked like a CT circular, uh, device where you put your arm into that device and then the scanner rotates around just like right. a CT machine does. Uh, and it takes an, uh, th- uh an angle, f- uh, scan from all angles. Uh, and then that feeds into their automated program, which then produces the cast. Um, the uh, the advantages of the 3D printed casts not only the you know that you get a uh, form fitted customized cast that automatically is 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 made to your uh, your specific injury or your specific dimensions, but also that you can make it out of material that's stronger than fiberglass. You can make it out of material that has uh, uh, vents in it or a honeycomb shape for increased strength and airability so air can get through and uh, you know you don't have the skin breakdown you don't have the the wetness and the bacteria mm-hmm. and the smell that comes in and the you know one of the things that we, we realized during this exercise was that you know if they, if they ever need the cast replaced you know you don't all you have to do is hit reprint you know just <laughs> like you'd reprint a, right. a document so that's interesting i've I- Obviously, I've I've heard of the three three D printers uh, for a long time now, but I've never seen one in motion to see what the 
final product is made of, what it feels like, how strong is the material that it's using to create the 3D image or device. Right. One of the one of the things we discovered was that there are several different materials that you can make in 3D printing. Uh, you know, people are printing out of uh, of PLA plastic. Um, people are Printing out of resins, different resins uh, of different types, metals even some food. There's some people that you can have 3D printed, um, you know, wedding cakes or things like that. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, the candy, chocolates, candy and sugar. Yeah, yes, absolutely. A sugar just, cast might not right. be exactly appropriate. <laughs> no, not a health uh, uh, condition here, but yeah. yes, the, there's all kinds of things you can do. Anything that you can put on your computer screen, you can print and 3D print. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, there's a lot of work Amazing. to be done in material sciences right. and, and what those materials are. Um, like early early uh, printers, uh, 3D printers actually printed with paper pulp and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But um, the uh, the uh, the industry for 3D printing is in its infancy. Uh, I went to the uh, Consumer Electronics Show in January last year. Mm -hmm. Hope to go again this year. But you see the uh, the uh, absolute latest in consumer technology. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, a lot of it can be translated into the healthcare field. Uh, through collaborations, obviously, healthcare systems are not going to go out and buy a bunch of 3D printers and, and test and, and trial these things on their own. But certainly, uh, through collaborations like this one, healthcare mm -hmm. industry can take advantage of that uh, tremendous advances that are being made in the consumer side. So in the end, when we got down to the prototype version of the cast, for mm -hmm. example, to see how that would come out, we decided that, there, as you mentioned, there's still a little ways to go, yet we got to do some more work before we could actually look at the possibilities of saying, okay, we're not going to have to do the old <laughs> plaster cast yeah. and all of that. It's still going to be plaster for a little while by the sound of it. Do they have the opportunity, I guess, to then continue on that project if they choose to maybe see if they can't refine it to where it is something that's viable? Certainly. If we if we thought there was enough viability in there, we would engage the uh, the next graduating team to pick up where they left off and see if they could improve the uh, the design, improve the speed, improve the, the quality of the, of the material. But what we realized from uh, from a very careful evaluation over the summer of uh, of the technology is that it's going to be a couple more years mm -hmm. until 3D printing is of the speed and of the uh, the, the the quality that right. that would make something like this viable. And there, are, you know, these are these are uh, very great ideas and they're very interesting, but they're they're not meant to solve every last problem that would come up with an idea like this. We we could not quite figure out how to get the uh, latching and closing mechanism. Right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, all casting is is also done in two parts. It's done with a a, a, a layer underneath for yep. for uh, softness and comfort and mm -hmm. absorbing uh, fluids. And and three D printers can print in two materials, but generally not right on top of each other in the manner that you know you you have with mm -hmm. uh, with a cast. So uh, so there are some technological hurdles that would prevent this from actually being deployed anytime soon. But it it, it gave us the experience that we were looking for. And the experience we were looking for is, is how can we look at additive manufacturing in a different way that, that may eventually come into healthcare? And this may not be the answer, but certainly there are other answers out there. Now, when organizations like Wellstar come to the Georgia Tech capstone program and, and they interface with them, say, we, we've got a project for you, if they pick it up, does the company, in this case, Wellstar, have some measure of ownership, if you will, over this idea, this innovation that we've come to you with, that if it continues on, as we talked about, they could say the next class comes back and works on it and actually ends up either in 
iteration two or three, whatever the iteration is, that it actually advances to the place where it's now a viable idea. Does does the organization that came to them with the original concept do they have some measure of I don't know equity, if you will, in the in the in that in that process or well, no? Well, in a way, we it, it's covered by a, a, a sort of a work for hire. Uh, Arrangement where our donation okay. is 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 given in exchange for the the uh, their work is kind of basically for us. I see. So, um, but our, you got to realize that our um, our interest in this is not really commercial. Sure, right? I, I realize yeah. you're not wanting to be um, a device company. But. Yeah, and uh, one of the things we've also realized is that uh, pretty much anything we've thought of has already mm. been thought of before in <laughs> some other way. So, yeah. I would actually hate to be the uh, the person that has to sort out. Uh, all the IP implications of anything <laughs> we, we think about because um, that is uh, that is a pretty complicated area. I, I do want to put a plug in here, though. One of the panels that we're going to have in the afternoon at uh, the Health Connect South is going to be on commercialization. So we've got some folks from Georgia Bio and uh, Ryan Jones, who is here yep. from uh, Florence Healthcare. Yeah. It's going to be one of the people just talking about that. So you don't want somebody that's got a good idea to get uh, squashed because of these types of issues that mm -hmm. you said. Let's see what we can do and um, just the the issues of around commercialization. Yeah. Yet another reason to make sure you register for the event <laughs> and go and see what we're talking about. Um, you mentioned another project, Steve, that you went to talk to the folks at the Georgia Tech Capstone Program about, and that sounded like it might have some measure of promise with regards to being able to be something that's implemented to the benefit of the patients that interface with the health system. Well, we certainly hope so. We always we always think that a uh, a, a homegrown solution uh, by you know the, that is specifically tailored to our needs and our patient set uh, is is going to be better than any commercial thing we can buy externally. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one of the things uh, we looked at was a one of our. Uh, one of our uh, staff members uh, wanted to do a wayfinding application inside the mm -hmm. the system because you know uh, maps, Google Maps, and everything is now going inside mm -hmm. of buildings, and you can now actually map from uh, from buildings to uh, the floors to the elevators to actually doctors' offices. And when you look at a campus like Wellstar, mm -hmm. we have uh, you know millions of square feet. We have mm -hmm. dozens of buildings in right. different locations. We have several different parking areas and several different entrances. And right now, what we do is we staff those with volunteers right. who mm -hmm. give us directions when you walk into uh, for your your appointment uh, you walk up to the volunteer desk and you say where is Green Tower mm -hmm. whatever uh, right. third floor how do I get there how do I get the cafeteria how do I get to the emergency department how do I get to women's health um, so we we recognize that something beyond the normal signage is necessary so one of our guys in, in, in had a great idea to sort of try to bring Google Maps inside the hospital mm -hmm. and and sort of give an internal wayfinding uh, application to uh, give direction to these people so that they could download uh, some sort of application and then uh, use that to uh, to navigate through the hospital. Um, there are other commercial wayfinding applications mm -hmm. out there. In fact, you can build your own on MobileSmith for a very little amount of money. Uh, but uh, the the idea that he had is one that that's that was just uh, way beyond that because it actually tied in. Uh, um, the uh, the actual uh, physical navigation of the mm -hmm. patient through our system with their navigation through their disease process or their health process uh, by actually saying where is you know sending out a reminder as where where your appointment is and then mm -hmm. physically 
showing them how to get there, where to park, where to go from from the parking deck, how to get there, when to leave uh, your house because of the traffic that's integrated with with uh, hmm. with with something. So um, you know, it's it's an idea that that's that's commercially out there, but this is way farther ahead than than what offerings are that you could build on your own. So Capstone's uh, teams uh, mapped out a, a demo uh, session or a demo place of the hospital, and uh, they have brought in uh, a lot of different uh, applications to that that just aren't available commercially. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those being uh, um, augmented reality. Where, where, That's what I was going to ask is yeah. how it how the interface actually works. Are you actually able to see up, you know, because augmented reality I think is pretty cool because mm -hmm. it's giving you overlays of data mm -hmm. over a real image. So it right. makes it very easy. And most of, most, uh, you know, the basic platform is just basically a, mm -hmm. a, a two-dimensional map that you look at and you see your location and you walk there, just mm -hmm. like Google Maps is mm -hmm. now. But but um, in, in future iterations, what we're thinking of developing and help getting help developing is something where you can hold it up and not mm -hmm. only does it recognize where you are, but kind like a heads-up display yeah, almost. Through its camera lens, you can see, uh, point it to a sign and that sign will then tell you where exactly what what exactly uh location you're at or where you're going for instance <laughs> if you point it to the cafeteria sign for instance it will bring up a menu of what there is today mm -hmm. in the cafeteria if you point it if you go past the flower, flower shop uh it will tell you what flowers are on sale that mm -hmm. day you know so so we really wanted to get a total solution to something uh and that's what he's working on he's gone a lot pretty far with uh with his georgia tech team and uh um we do hope someday that, that he'll turn that into a commercial enterprise that we could then spread throughout the rest of the hospital and other what, hospitals. What's a typical horizon for something like that, being able to go from this concept to something you can actually implement? Well, uh, for something like this, I would say two to four years. It's a, it's not something that you could, you could build that quickly. Um, uh, I do know uh, other wayfinding companies out there that are, that are operating right now in different spaces and, and, uh, um, I think some of them will be very successful, but uh, I think in the particularly in the healthcare space, you've really got to integrate it with what the patient and and the clinicians need, and what they need is is something to navigate through their disease process. So if they are going from their doctor's office and said your next step is going to the lab, you really need some sort of a link between okay, go to your next step, go to the lab, go from the lab, go to your CAT scan or your 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 chemotherapy treatment or your whatever treatment, uh, so you need something linking that wayfinding throughout the entire uh, experience, and then uh, that I think is the the the, the process that's going to take the longest term is is actually building that content in that's that's important to the patient and the clinician. Now, is the thought that in in an example like this that there would be some sort of device that the patients or families would be issued, if you will, or would it, the intent be to use something like my iPhone? Because yeah, I, I realize that in the healthcare arena, I mean, there's that mm -hmm. added layer of complication where if I'm walking around mm -hmm. with my camera, well, then now we got to deal with what if there's a patient and, yeah. that's being transported, that whole thing, and you know, you yeah. got people walking around with their phones out with a camera on. Yeah, unfortunately, that that's uh, that 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 is a, a consideration. You don't want to walk in patient areas uh, yeah. know, with with your camera <laughs> yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we envision it to be sort of an application on the device that you're already using. Um, the uh, the uh, internal uh, augmented reality portion would be probably limited to the arrows on the ground you know if mm -hmm. if you're looking at it through the hallway you're you're 
um, seeing arrow for for where your direction is, just like you see that on a on a 3D mapping mm-hmm. uh, software now. Um, and the uh, the f- uh, other camera uh, angle to it would be just that pre-positioned or pre-loaded uh, stations, like for instance the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. You would have uh, the augmented reality would recognize that sign of the bistro at Kennestone, mm-hmm. and then by recognizing that sign, it would then uh, pull down the menu or the, gotcha. the specials or the hours or or the soup du jour. <laughs> Director of Wellstar Center for Health Transformation, Steve Frame, is with us in the studio talking about some pretty interesting innovations that they've been trying to come up with in collaboration with the Georgia Tech Caps- Capstone Program. And Steve, when you're when you're going through that process, we we touched on it just a little bit. But when someone comes to you with these ideas, because obviously, by the, based on what you were saying, you get sent a number of ideas from mm-hmm. from folks who would love to be able to help be a part of mm-hmm. how you're innovating. How do you go? What's that process like of trying to sort through those? This yeah. this one we believe we might actually be able to do something with because I mean mm-hmm. obviously time is involved. So sure. how, what's that process like? Well, there's it's it's actually a very uh, very controlled process that we have. Uh, we call it our pipeline management uh, process. Uh, and the, the things that we look at mainly are, number one, if somebody comes up to us with an idea, number one, we look at, does it already exist? You know, uh, a lot of times there's already a solution that's out there uh, uh, in the marketplace. It's just not very well known or if it's very expensive or it's very, you know, it doesn't do exactly what we, we, we envisioned it to do. Uh, if the, pro- if the uh, innovation already exists in some format, we kind of let them know that and, and, and have another discussion with whoever the, uh, the, the person contacting us was and says, well, here's some options. Do you think it would solve the issue that you're, that you're talking about? Uh, another thing we, we often will do next is that we will look and see what actually would this contribute to patient care? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things that we see are very cool. You know, they're, they're very interesting, but what we have to really keep in mind is that we're a patient-centered organization sure. and we're a physician-led organization. So any of the, the innovations that we look at really have to have a, a purpose of, of better care. They have to have a purpose that's going to, uh, to improve the, the uh, lives of the patients. It's going to improve the, the uh, quality of care they give. It's going to improve the measurement of care that they get. Um, or it's going to improve the physician's ability to deliver that care, the clinician's ability to deliver that care. So we have to really look at it uh, from a point of what's the end game going to be. Um, and with the with the, the the Center for Health Transformation, we talked about the fact that we were coming up with some homegrown ideas. Do mm-hmm. you also have some measure of responsibility at evaluating outside technology as it might apply based on what you're saying? Well, we, we do kind of uh, envision ourselves also as, uh, as the way that innovation technology gets into the healthcare system. Uh, unfortunately, that, that process is, is very disjointed in most hospital systems. And, and uh, I think Wellstar is ahead of the game there in, in finding a way to, to, uh, to scan the landscape or the, uh, the entire constellation of different uh, devices and different uh, technologies and innovations that are out there and finding a way to see where they fit along our strategic plan. Um, we do see a lot of great thought and a lot of great innovations that are out there that just uh, run completely opposite, though, of the way we are looking at, at healthcare. Mm-hmm. And so we don't spend a lot of time getting involved in those. Mm-hmm. Now, I, 
I come from a, a background with some operations in addition to my time in the hospital, and I asked you the question the other day because I was interested in, in knowing. I hadn't, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I hadn't seen a hospital or a system that that had its own Center for Healthcare Innovation, that mm-hmm. we're going to have a department that's d- dedicated to either coming up with mm-hmm. or elucidating ideas from the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're a small department. So yeah. <laughs> we're, but that being we're not said, an entire division. You right. know, on that note, I mean, obviously it's, it, there's cost associated mm-hmm. with that, so there must be some measure of uh, a return on that, whether mm-hmm. we're achieving increased efficiencies, whether it's helping us generate revenue. I mean, that's what it's about. It's a business. So, I mean, talk about that side of things, mm-hmm. how, your, your, your financial impact. Um, where does the funding come from? Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Sure. To the extent I can, I will I'd be glad to do that. We, we are funded by Wellstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wellstar has recognized the need for a, uh, a department that can, can sort through and parse through different innovation that, that, uh, is coming up in the industry, uh, particularly uh, with the uh, with with the desire that we all have in the, uh, to to give better care and the pressure that we are all under mm-hmm. to deliver quality. Um, so we are funded by Wellstar. Um, it is expected by our board of advisors that is made up of Wellstar senior leaders that uh, that we will the innovations that we recommend will have a return on investment. Right. So if we look at a new nursing model, for instance, and we do some some innovations uh, and help disseminate some innovations in, in a new nursing model, for instance, we do have a responsibility to figure out how much that innovation will help and how much it would would benefit the system and generally we expect a three to one ratio uh, you know for every dollar invested we're going to have three dollars in savings and and they have to be real savings so mm-hmm. there is that expectation we're not a uh, a cost center that's going to go on forever and ever and ever uh, without <laughs> producing anything we also have uh, we're also looking into funding coming from uh, from grants a lot of these uh, these ideas that that uh, for new technology have have some uh, have some basis that uh, that technology grants or or things like that could uh, could apply to. Now we uh, we want to be very careful that we're we're only doing those those particular ones. Mm-hmm. You know, grants are, are research grants specifically are extremely uh, um, uh, detailed and time consuming mm-hmm. to do. So we want to make sure that we limit ourselves only to those that really have a have a powerful impact. Uh, and uh, Patient Centered Outcomes Research Institute is one such granting organization that we think is. Uh, is very much in tune with with our strategic mission. Once you've gone through and evaluated a particular innovation, whatever it may be, whether it's a new, as you mentioned, a, maybe a new nursing approach or some sort of technology, how do you roll it out? Mm-hmm. How do you Im- you know implement that so that you actually get cultural buy-in right. from the end users, which, as we talked about, in many cases are going to be either physicians or mm-hmm medical staff within the healthcare staff within the hospital so well that that statement kind of makes it seem like um, that that the evaluation process is quick and easy part of the evaluation <laughs> process is 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 getting that kind of buy-in talking to the physicians uh, and the clinical administrators and the different departments that are affected all along the way of 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 these uh, of these innovations we're not uh, we're not in the uh, uh, 
we're not doing the uh, a complete development and then saying, hey, here it is, guys, take it and, <laughs> right, and, and right, see right. what you can do with it. Uh, we want to get uh, a lot of different iterations and a lot of different input along the way before we do that. Because as you probably know, and probably a lot of your past guests know, <laughs> that anything you bring into a healthcare organization touches a hundred different departments <laughs> right. and, and existing right. systems and processes. And there's always resistance to change. What was the oh, thing yeah. that... Uh, uh, innovation is what we do. Change is what happens to us. Yeah. And so people always, you know, <laughs> yeah. people always uh, resist uh, changes unless you have to show the benefits. And right. that's, that's one of the things that, that we've come across many, many times is that we see a great idea that uh, the, the inventor or the innovator who wants mm -hmm. to bring it into Wellstar just has no absolute idea of the amount of, of, of different uh, elements that have to come into place to, to right. affect that change. Mm -hmm. um, Anything from from uh, data analytics to predictive mm -hmm. analytics to mm -hmm. uh, you know um, to a technology or a uh, uh, just a, a simple monitoring program or computer program or mm -hmm. they all touch many many different areas. They touch IT security. They touch privacy. They touch compliance areas. They touch nursing. It touches mm -hmm. every single different facet of of uh, of care. So we have to very carefully evaluate how it's going to impact all of those. Mm -hmm. We talked about the fact that with Health Connect South, the goal is to foster collaborations, to right. help initiate partnerships between organizations that will make their individual and respective uh, work be that much greater of a success and then that much broader of a success. So one of the things, if, if there are topics like that that we have that from the perspective of Wellstar, are there collaborations out there, whether it's more like what you have with the Georgia Tech Capstone Project, could be maybe academic or whatever the case may be. Do you have, uh, you just sit around and, and, and talk about, geez, if we had this kind of relationship or that kind of partnership or this kind of resource, then we could really move, move something forward. Well, Health Connect South has been a great source of, of connections to Wellstar's uh, Center for Health Transformation, particularly uh, a lot of the uh, the uh, other companies that, that have come in and, and shared with you guys their, their innovative uh, ideas. Um, we get these ideas externally also from connections that we make like that with, uh, with, with other companies um, and with accelerator programs and incubator programs. I think we were talking about Neuralaunch earlier. Right. That's, a, that's a terrific uh, program that, that, that and Health Connect South yeah, participant. And, and Health Connect South participant, yeah. exactly. Right, and their demo day is next Monday. Want to get a plug-in for, for uh, Jordan and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Jordan, Dr. Jordan Amadeo and uh, uh, Jim Schwabel yeah. from uh, Neurolaunch. And we'll be there uh, in the audience, 3.30, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, at the Atlanta Tech Village. <laughs> right, we've got, yeah. our, we've got our, uh, our reservations already made there. So we hope to make other connections there, too. And I think that uh, Health Connect South is in just the perfect opportunity and perfect place right now for, for fostering that. I wish that more healthcare systems were involved because, uh, again, like it, we said, it's a rare thing for a community health system to be involved in something like this. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> to, to other health systems, if you are not engaged in uh, actively bringing in innovation into your your organization then you're just not in the competitive right. uh, you're just not in the game right. and i know you've got some things you've got a you've got a pretty hectic schedule today mm -hmm. before we let you get back to the office do, do you have some final thoughts uh, before we let you go well uh we're we're looking forward very much to the to the Health Connect South uh, annual meeting. We've been a sponsor of HCS since the uh, first. Thank year you very much. We yeah. we appreciate your generous support. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and we're really looking forward to the slate of speakers that you've got there. 
That'll be good. I had uh, one other question. I know you talked about measuring the cost savings, but mm-hmm. uh, I keep been reminded the show two weeks ago on clinical trials. We had two companies, uh, Auto Recruitment and uh, Florence Healthcare, and in clinical trials, they're they're compressing the time mm-hmm. because the to get patients used to adver- advertise on the radio or call people, and they can have people sign up on the web, mm-hmm. target them that way, or the. Uh, Florence Healthcare people are still faxing pieces of paper that somebody walked and put in a notebook. Right. I mean, that's just seems so archaic in 2015. And those two companies are focused on saving costs and, and compressing the time, too. So right. do you look at the just cost savings, time savings as well. Absolutely, that's one of our one of our one of the factors we look for, and and uh, both of those companies are 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 very interesting because uh, you know as systems do their own more and more of their own internal mm-hmm. research or internally sponsored research with their physicians, that's going to be a, a valuable uh, a valuable uh, uh, business model. That's um, one of the hardest things to do, I think, with uh, with recruitment is finding the right mm-hmm. the right. Uh, uh, Subjects that want that they're want using to social media to help uh, attract people instead of advertising just on the radio. It exactly. seems more broad. Seems like it would be very valuable to an academic research medical center that uh, that does a lot of that. Well, it's been a real treat to have you here in the studio with us, Steve. Um, I've enjoyed getting to hear about the the Wellstar Center for Health Transformation. I think it's in an, in and of itself, it's an innovative approach to trying to make sure that you're advancing the way you do things and looking for a better way uh, Mm -hmm. to improve the patient experience. Clearly, there's greater and greater focus being placed on that as we go forward. And um, uh, I'm not that surprised. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work alongside Wellstar, not part of it, but uh, in collaboration with Wellstar through my own work outside the studio and and now here in it. So uh, it's been a pleasure to have you in the studio and sharing some great information. Thank you very much, CW. Appreciate it. And as we talked about to begin the show, Make sure that you get over to healthconnectsouth.com and log in there and register for the upcoming And be sure to use, for our radio listeners, use the code RADIOX and you'll save $100 off the uh, event registration fee. I had the opportunity to go last year. I'm going to be there this year. We're working on uh, the opportunity to maybe come by and be able to interface with us here with with the studio over at the event. So you might see some Radio X people, or at least me, um, (laughs) tooling around there with a microphone in people's faces. Um, But uh, if you want some more information about Wellstar, go to wellstar.org. They've got uh, links to all of their social media sites as well, um, information on YouTube, for example, uh, so you can get all kinds of information. Any other sources of information people need to know about, Steve? Uh, Center for Health Transformation at link- LinkedIn for Center for Health Transformation, and uh, we do have our, our own website at centerforhealthtransformation.org. All one word, Center for Health Transformation, just... Uh, written out just like it sounds. Okay. And if you're listening and you've not done so already, you can follow the Health Connect South Radio show on Twitter at HealthCon Radio. We try to tie in with all of our guests um, so that we can bring to you through our feed information that they're putting out. And um, when you've been checking out the podcast for today's show and you come back and you're, you're listening to the show on the podcast, if you look in the left-hand corner up top there, you can see the Apple logo. Follow that over to the iTunes store and, and follow Subscribe to the Health Connect South Radio Show podcast so every week you can get introduced to yet more of these healthcare experts that we've bring, been bringing to you now for eight and a half months. And uh, we look forward to continuing on and sharing some more of these folks with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and turn around and share it with your, uh, your social media con- connections because I can assure you, you just might be the reason one of these 
important collaborations gets to come together because somebody found out about it because you click share. So uh, we hope that you do that for us. And for uh, Jay and Steve here in the studio, we really appreciate your time. And to the folks who chose to make us a part of their day today, we really appreciate you very much and make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. This show is brought to you by Sherwick Media. Sherwick is the health and wellness solution, content that inspires change. Learn more at www.sherwick.com. That's sharewik.com. And link up with us on Facebook and Twitter.